Welcome to Shoalhaven Youth Local, a show where we focus on everything local in Shoalhaven. From current events and community groups, to local history and the best places to be, and even our favourite local personalities. We've got you covered. So if you ever wanted to know son, where to go or where to volunteer even, from a youth perspective, then listen in. You might be surprised by what's just outside your front door. Okay, welcome to our show. Today's hot topic is what we did in our holidays. For me, I went to Queensland with my dad and visited the whole family and swam in the pool and I saw the Super Mario Bros movie. It was pretty great for a Mario movie and it's everything I could have wanted it to be. And I came home and I got sick and, uh, yeah, that's my holidays. Um, well, in my holidays, I didn't really do much exciting um, I was working on this cool geography assessment where I'm, like, making, like, a massive diorama for, like, Vikings invading and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yep. That is pretty Took cool. Yeah, nice. While. Dope. I went away a few times in the holidays. Uh, I think it was, like, three times a lot. Went to Queensland. Um, I went to, first of all, Shell Harbour. Uh, I went... Um, on the last day, we actually went to the Drawing Room Rocks hike in Barrie, which it was incredibly hard work, but I found it really rewarding. Getting to the top, the view was absolutely incredible. Um, the second trip, I went up to Sydney. I got to see my sister and her boyfriend, which was really nice, which we went to the Central Coast. Um, I actually just got back on Sunday from that. Um a lot of fun. I got to see my friends, um, do some macrame. Um, we went out to dinner. Um, we went to the Fires Creek Winery, which was really cool. Um, I got some amazing photos from it. And, yeah, that was quite a, a lot of fun. And um, other things I've been doing have been um, I've been doing starting horse riding, which is a lot of fun and really cool. Um, I get to ride a horse named Basil. Uh, Basil, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I got that mixed up. Like the plant? Yeah, uh-huh. like the plant. Now you're listening to Local Places That You Should Visit by Yenye. Today we're going over the bogey hole. If you live in Old Dull or live in Milton, you probably know about it, but if you're new to this place, then you'll probably learn about it. The Bogu Hole is very awesome and very um, a nice place to go swimming slash snorkeling. And you see a lot of fish there and a lot of leaves and leaves and stuff. To get there, you have to turn left after the golf club parking lot and follow the road, then turn left after the houses and go down the road. But beware of the potholes. There's a lot of potholes. Yeah. The bogey hole is a very awesome place. You should check it out if you haven't already, or if you have, just go again. Um, it's covered by rocks, so it's very safe for like younger kids. And then you can go out to where waves are and go out to um, where all the fish are and stuff. So why is it safe for kids? It's protected because it has rocks and no waves can get in, no sharks can go in, no anything dangerous from the ocean can get in. It's nice and shallow at the entrance to it. It's very, it's very fun 
play in. Yeah, I've been there a few times and it has like good shady spots and places to sit down and stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, I went snorkeling with a friend once there. I didn't see much, but it was very fun. When I was um, down there, uh, I was snorkeling. Uh, me and me and Winter was down there, and we saw a big blue gopal. It was very big. It was probably the was size massive. of um, football or something. It was football. massive. I think it was bigger than that. It was probably big as like a torso. Of like an adult, maybe. Maybe not a torso, but like a little less, but very (laughs) close to that size. The buggy horse has some pretty amazing views, honestly. It is very beautiful to go in. But uh, make sure to always wear sunscreen because we've forgot a few times, but we got it. Always got to make sure. My name is Victoria and this is this week's Class in the Past, All Things Local History. In this week's History Blast, we'll be talking about Stanley Cook, born Albert Stan Cook. And we have our lovely producer Gemma with us. Hello. So let's get right into it. Born in Maria on the 15th of April, 1895, this young man grew up to become part of a miracle. His parents forbade him from enlisting until he was 21. This was due to Stanley's two older brothers, Frank Richmond and Rupert Frederick, enlisting in years prior. Stanley served with the 13th Battalion, 22nd Regiment, and the 41st Infantry and the 28th Light Horse. Stanley arrived in France in March 1917, where he joined his unit at the front. He often wrote home to his friends and family. Some of his letters managed to survive the test of time and gave historians an insight to Stanley's experience at the front. He writes about winter in Europe and how cold it was, causing everyone to get sick. He also wrote about how he got injured and seeing some of his, seeing some of the other local boys who had enlisted during his time in London. He got many replies from people at home some of which have survived the test of time, including some of his postcards from his sister. Stanley was injured at the Battle of Bull Court, but managed to return to the front in July 1917 after spending time in hospital. Upon his return, he was promoted to Lance Corporal. Then finally, in March 1919, Stanley headed home from the war. His return was announced in the newspaper in, on August the 2nd and he arrived at Bombardieri Station to his father welcoming him home a week later. He received the British War Medal and the Victory Cross. Stanley then went on to marry his childhood sweetheart, Winifred May Turnbull, and became a bus driver. He died on the 3rd of November, 1954. By miracle, all the Cork men who went off to war returned home alive. This was relatively unheard of, making it a local miracle that will forever be etched in the history books. Wow. It is thanks to some of our lovely and incredible historians that we actually discovered that all of them had returned. Um, I'm very thankful that those records and letters survived because, I mean, it tells us of how brutal um, the winters were considering that us, like us Aussies, we're so used to the hot sun. Um, 
coming from British British background myself, I am partly used to the winters, but I can imagine that um, these Aussie boys going over to Europe and experiencing these winters and not being prepared for it at all and not being used to it. And I think it was actually due to the winters that some of those men died from getting sick because they weren't prepared for it. They weren't like at all used to just how cold it was going to be. We, I remember that we actually studied a bit of that for the ghost tours, the youth ghost tours that we did last year. Um, Do you remember some of the issues that they faced in the trenches because of the cold and the wet? Yeah. um, There's a lot of trench foot, which was absolutely disgusting. Um, A lot of sickness went around um, and I can imagine just how shocked um, those boys would have been seeing snow for the first time. Uh, I mean, I grew up seeing it on television. I've seen it in photos. But actually then going and it's a whole other ballgame, a whole other experience. So I can imagine just how, like, amazed they would have been. They would be like, what is this? They had no idea what they were actually walking themselves into. And to experience it is a whole another thing yeah and then fight in that as well and be stuck in trenches yeah wet trenches with snow they would have been well I guess like scared kind of not knowing what to do um and in pain of course and um absolutely freezing their butts off we're actually quite lucky that Stanley's letters did survive because he talks about um, seeing some of the other local boys um, during his time over there, some of whom did not come home. So having those extra records means that we can sort of pinpoint when um, they were still alive and what their death dates are because there are still historians all around the world who are still trying to figure out when some of their countrymen died and, like, where they died because some of them went missing and uh, we still have no idea where they are. Do you scroll through the streaming services not knowing what to watch? Welcome to the nerdy sci-fi movie, guys. Two nerds with a plan. To make sure that you... Watch the greatest films of all time. Basically, Marvel or Star Wars. Well... Could there be others, potentially? Nope. Okay, Okay, let's roll. And in today's podcast, we are reviewing the amazing Spider-Man 2. What did you think of the character slash villains? Believable? Could you relate? Um, well, Peter was a lot less emo in this one. He was uh, was pretty emo in the first one, but he's... He's a little bit more funny now, so I liked him in this movie. He was a bit more likable. And Gwen was all right. And I I liked Electro's motives, how he, like, was a big fan of Spider-Man, but then, like, he didn't remember him and stuff. Yeah, I disagree with your take in the first one. He wasn't emo in there. He was just a teenager. And uh, he's pretty great in this one. Gwen was also pretty great in this one. They have really good chemistry, you know, as a romance. And Electro was a pretty great villain. I agree with you there, Harley. And Harry Osborn sucks. He sucks. 
Yeah, I've got to admit. Yeah, I've heard that he was really in, bad. Like, from what I know about Harry Osborn, he is a bit of a weirdo. In The Amazing Spider-Man 2. In the Toby movies, he's uh, pretty good, I'd say. But in the Andrew movies, yeah, he's just I've not just great. Yeah, i the overall, he's a bit weird. Yeah, his design as Goblin, oh my god, you should see it. It's ugly. Yeah, he looks like a crazy guy. Okay. Um, why are you whispering? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Anyway, moving on. What did you think of the storyline? Did it make sense? Was it clunky? Did it make you think? Was it surprising? Well, the story was a little bit clunky, but it's not too much that you can't look past it. But um, in this one, the, the movie found the right level of humour because, like, it wasn't, like, too, like, funny, but it wasn't as serious as the first one because, like, the first one was really serious and had, like two jokes throughout the whole movie but this one was a lot better like humor wise and like enjoyable uh yeah i have i do agree but i actually think the story was pretty bad it's my main problem with the movie it has way too much stuff going on you got the peter and gwen stuff you got the osborne stuff you got the electro stuff you got the peter uh you got peter's parents you got the whole rhino stuff going and has way too much going on and so some in of the story other words what you're trying to say is that you found it really confusing no, with everything no, like it had way too many storylines yes too many storylines and some of them don't even work peter's parents didn't work and the osborne stuff didn't work but besides that, I thought the Electro stuff and the Peter and Gwen stuff did kind of work. That was pretty good. And on the humour thing, I disagree with your take in the first one. I thought the first one had the right amount of humour. What? Uh, none. Uh, ha- do you remember that car thief scene where he webs up the car thief? That scene is entirely humour. Anyway, moving that on. Um, I've got to admit, you mentioned Peter's parents. I do find it really, really weird how, ev- like, Almost every time that they bring out a Spider-Man movie, the ages of the characters change. Peter is supposed to be a high schooler. And I like they need to settle on an age for his aunt. Just end up. They yeah, need, they need to, to do. settle on I an age. I don't really think that because, that Because, like, though. in the older movies, like the one that you're talking the about. The Toby ones? He was old. She's like, like 90. His aunt is older. Whereas in the new ones, like the Tom Holland ones, um... She's, Tony like, Stark really call, young. Tony Stark jokes and calls her Aunt Hottie. So, like, she's young and it's just like, well, you're confusing everybody. Is she going to be an older woman or is she going to be a younger yeah. woman? I, th- you I don't really to think say, that, that they, Yeah, I think Tom Holland was probably the best fit considering he actually looked like a teenager and could act like a high school. Sorry, I just think Andrew Garfield looks the most teenager-esque. No, Tom Holland looks like he's got He looks that like age, a pancake. Like, what? He looks young what? and he, like, what? to me, he fits the look and the age. Mm, like, I mean, I've re- I'm actually, actors, I'm a like, comic, I'm a comic book reader and I, I gotta say, I still think Andrew's the most accurate to how he looks in the comics, but. Yeah, but just, like, age demographic, age demographic. I, I care about comic accuracy, it's the most important thing. Anyway, uh, but I do agree with you in the humour. The humour was pretty great in this movie, like that scene with the rhino and that's, uh, you know, Gwen's back breaking. Um, yeah. All right, speaking of best joke in the movie. Oh, we forgot to mention the action. Oh, yeah, what sure. do you think of the action in the movie? I didn't write something about that. Oh, well, in my opinion. Make it up. In my- anyone that wrote something about action. 
In my personal opinion, I thought the action was awesome. All the parts of the Electro and his electricity were amazing. And the web swinging and the costume in the movie, fantastic. I got to ask, did, um, was it Andrew Garfield or was it, um, who was it that was playing Spider-Man? Toby Maguire. Okay, was, did Toby do his own stunts? Uh, well, actually, his was CGI, but however, if you actually look at the behind the scenes of the amazing... So, no, sp- he didn't. No. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tom admitted he does his own stunts, and Andrew Garfield, it's actually shown behind the scenes footage that he was, like, literally swinging from ropes. Like, they just edited it out. Like, he was literally swinging Andrew. Stunt rating out of 10. What would you give it? Both um, of you. I, I'd say that the stunts in... Wait, do you mean like all the Spider-Man or only this movie? In this movie. Oh, I'd say the stunts are like 10 out of 10 easy. Like Andrew does his stunts, man. What about you, Holly? What did you think? 7 out of 10. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay, so overall the action was pretty amazing, you know. Hey, I just got to know, do you think the Spider-Man suit was good? Hmm? Uh, Yeah, I liked it a lot more in this one because in the last one, I mean, I don't know why you said you like this. I really don't like the gold lenses of the. It other looks one. cool, and also I just got to say really quickly, uh, like one of the best themes of Spider Man is that anybody can be Spider Man. So that I I I, I accept Not any. Can. Yeah, that's one of the themes of the whole Spider Man character. It's the main value. Stanley said that you could be Asian, Indian, anything, okay, and that okay. you could imagine yeah, yourself actually, under the mask. Yeah, okay. And that's why um, I accept any adaptation yeah, okay. of Spidey. I thought, I thought you were going by like actor, like comic book, going by like who could play him. But now that you've defined it, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, you're and right. And that's that. why I can. I, that's why I can accept any like changes to the character as long as they bring the responsibility theme yeah. and yeah. the theme that he can be anyone. But if they bring in those themes, they can make any other changes for yeah. Spidey. And that's yeah. why I don't mind the gold lenses. I think I, they look cool. Okay. Moving on. Overall, how many... Ro- best joke. Oh, yeah, best joke in the movie. What was the and best then- joke? All right, for me, the best joke was um, what I call spider sick. It was when he, like, had a cold and had to get Nurofen and he was, like, it was still in, like, the spider costume. So, like, he was, like, wearing a beanie over it and, like, a scarf and he was, like, talking in a funny voice and he was, like... Uh, I'm gonna need some like neurovenous on the least. I don't know. It was funny. And the other guy goes, "You're that spider guy," and he just keeps sneezing and coughing and goes, "I'm Spider Man," and then he just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> that was our producer Gemma with a very, really, very well timed um, sound, sound effect. effect. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Gemma. So we agree that that is the best joke in the movie. And mm. lastly, overall, how many rubber chickens would you give this movie and why? Well, originally I wrote down 5 out of 10, but I'm just going to up it to a 6 out of 10. It was pretty good. I think it's a 7 out of 10. Mm. So, yeah, we overall agreed. Today in the studio we have Adam from Storyfest. Welcome, Adam. G'day, how are you? All right, so first up, what is StoryFest and how did it come about? Yeah, StoryFest is a storytelling festival down in Ulladulla and Milton um, and we bring storytellers, so that could be authors, it could be songwriters, it could be TV producers, it could be uh, movie makers 
and get them to come down to our region to share their stories about um, the work they produce and how they go about creating that work and what the impact of the work that they do by telling stories is. So, um, and we sell tickets to events at both the Yalladulla Civic Centre and this year we're back at Milton Theatre, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and we also run a schools program where this year, in previous years we've been at two schools, this year we're going to five schools in the region and we've also raised money to make sure that every student in the school can get access to the program without paying. So the whole program's going to be free this year for the first time, which we're really proud of. That'd be great. Um, so how did you get involved with it? Yeah, look, it's a, an interesting story. I moved down here in um, 2019 and uh, I don't work in the community. I actually work remote. I was working remote before COVID and I thought, how am I going to get to meet people? So uh, I wanted to volunteer. Volunteering seemed like a great way to get out and meet people in the community. I was living out at Manana at the time and uh, I volunteered for StoryFest. Um, four years later, I walked into the annual general meeting, which sounds a bit serious, but it was kind of pretty chilled, um, and walked out of the meeting as president. So um, it was a bit of serendipity, uh, but my background from work point of view is I'm both a writer and I've also run events. So um, it kind of fits with my skill set and I've got a fantastic committee and we're going to pull off hopefully the biggest story fest we've ever done. Yeah, it's like it's fascinating to hear that you moved down in 2019 because I only moved down in 2021. So to see how far you've come is pretty impressive. Oh, look, I still can't remember anyone's name. So, you know, I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. working on it, you know. I understand I, that. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, look, it's great to be part of something and, and really try and give back to the community because it's I've been holidaying here for years and probably taking a little bit. Now it's my chance to kind of give something back. All right, so what's happening at this year's StoryFest? Like, what can people expect? Well, it's a big program this year. Um, we open on the 15th of June with a uh, opening night themed around stories from the south. Um, the highlight for me is going to be uh, uh, Bronwyn Adcock, who wrote the book Curwen, and she's going to give a talk about the impact of that book and the impact of Karawan on the community, which I know is a fragile topic for a lot of people, but um, we had a long chat about it and she was really excited about the opportunity. We've got writers' workshops. We've got two whole days of sessions at the Ulladulla uh, Civic Centre. And then I'm really excited about some of the programming that we're running at Milton Theatre. We were at Milton Theatre in 2019 and we're back again this year. One of the highlights for me is the slam poetry competition that we're going to be running on the Friday night. That's Friday the 16th. And we really want young people to come out who've, and share their voice and share their stories on stage at the Milton Theatre. They can just rock up at 7.30 on Friday night, bring a parent if they can, and uh, then get on stage and tell their story in poetry or prose. And they've got a chance to win great prizes, including a trip to Sydney to perform in the final at the Sydney Opera House, which is pretty cool. So just to refresh everybody's minds, what are the dates of StoryFest? So the core dates, we open on the 15th of June, that's a Thursday night, and it runs right through to the Sunday night uh, when we close at Milton Theatre with Clementine Ford and Libby O'Donovan. 
doing a special cabaret show called Love Sermon. Now, those dates are kind of right, but we're actually running earlier than that because the schools program starts on Tuesday the 13th, straight after the long weekend. So we're going to have authors coming down as early as the 12th, Monday the 12th, and then running right through the week. So it's going to be a fantastic week and full of creativity across our school community and then the broader community from the 15th to the 18th of June. Uh, So how can people get involved with volunteering for StoryFest and what should they expect? That's a great question. We've got, uh, in previous years, about 50-odd volunteers have uh, worked across the weekend and at the schools program. So uh, interested volunteers can still register by visiting our website, that's um, storyfest.org.au, and then click on the Get Involved and there'll be a tab for volunteers fill out the form and then someone will be in touch to nominate, uh, to tell you what you can do across the weekend. There's lots of different roles from supporting authors going into the schools, if you've got a working with children check, um, to doing ushering or ticket collecting at some of the venues, um, even driving uh, authors and other storytellers around our beautiful community. So lots of different roles and um, they're well looked after when they come. They uh, get the chance, obviously, to poke their head into a couple of the StoryFest sessions. And there's also a special volunteers green room, so we make sure people are fed and watered across the weekend and kept comfortable uh, while they're uh, doing their shifts. Um, so just to ask again, like, what were the school dates? The school dates, the first day is uh, Tuesday the 13th of June, and then we're going to five schools. We're doing um, sessions at... Uh, Star of the Sea in Milton, Milton Public School, Ulladulla Public School. Um, We're also going out to Sussex Public School. And then we've got two days of uh, activity at um, Ulladulla High School, including slam poetry workshops and also Marcus Zuzak, who wrote The Book Thief. And he also wrote uh, a book called The Messenger, which has just premiered on ABC TV last Sunday night. And Marcus is a wonderful writer and a lovely person. So he actually so uh, cool. he has a connection with the local area. He's our patron and he's going to be doing workshops with Year 11 and 12 students at Ulladulla High. He's also doing a session at on the Saturday with a woman called Pip Williams about what it's like to have your book turned into a movie. So he's had his book. The Book Thief turned into a movie and he's had The Messenger just turned into a TV show. And Pip Williams wrote a book called The Dictionary of Lost Words and she sold 200,000 copies of that book in Australia, which is phenomenal. That's being turned into a stage play by the Sydney Theatre Company in October. So they've got stories to tell because they lose a bit of control of their creativity. So they're going to look at that as a bit of a theme and see what that's like as an author. All right, so that sounds very exciting. So thanks for coming on and if you want to learn more about StoryFest, you can... Yeah, visit uh, storyfest.org.au and uh, click on the program tab and uh, have a look around. There's some great shows and I'm sure everyone will have a great time. Thanks for interviewing me. So that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to our show. Shoalhaven Youth Local is a show dedicated to sharing local info about the Shoalhaven. From a youth perspective, 
If you want any information from the show, you can find it in our show notes at our podcast, Shoalhaven Youth Local. And don't forget to subscribe and share the show with all your favourite locals. Shoalhaven Youth Local is made possible with funding from the New South Wales Office of Communities and Justice. Catch you next time!